Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. In this week's episode, I speak with Jackie Silver. Jackie is a registered dietitian with a virtual private practice offering one on one counseling services. Her niche populations are people with physical, or intellectual disabilities, as she strongly believes in empowering and supporting people with disabilities to live healthy, active lifestyles. Jackie runs the Instagram account Accessible Wellness, where she promotes this goal to a growing audience. As an entrepreneur just starting her business, Jackie finds herself falling into the comparison trap as she scrolls through Instagram. She and I talk about the benefits and pitfalls of Instagram being a large part of your business and come up with some practical tips around screen time use. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. And may Jackie's Change Talk, in some small way, inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy. Please seek professional help if needed. Hello, everybody. I am with Jackie Silver. I've known. Hi. hi. (laughs) I've known Jackie for quite a while, I believe. I don't know exactly where and what, but we've definitely crossed paths many times. And it's a pleasure to speak with you right now. Great to be here. Let's get into it. So, talk to us, Jackie, a little bit about who you are, how you spend your time. Okay. Um, First of all, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here on the podcast. So um, a bit of a background about me. I graduated from Ryerson technically in June 2020 with my Master's of Health Science in Nutrition Communication and Dietetics. So I became a registered dietitian from that program. And I've done some extra training. I did a 12-week training course in mindful eating, a specific mindful eating uh, program. And I'm working on setting up my own business right now. Uh, I've been working on it the past two months or so, and I'm almost ready to launch. I just have a board, a board exam coming up in two weeks, and then I'll be able to launch that. And it's going to be a one-on-one counseling with people um, basically two streams more. One is the general population with chronic diseases, so diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, um, osteoporosis, management of those conditions. And then the second stream is more of my niche is nutrition for people with physical disabilities. So that could mean uh, cerebral palsy, spinal cord injury, spina bifida, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, Down syndrome. And I uh, run an Instagram account called Accessible Wellness, where I promote nutrition for people with physical disabilities. And I started the account because I was seeing so many uh, food bloggers and 
influencers on social media, but they were not talking to a very large segment of the world population. And I wanted to show people with disabilities that they can also live a healthy, active, fun lifestyle, similar to how these people were promoting their message, but mine was more tailored because I found that um, this population was not uh, getting any attention. So, right. and yeah, and it's grown a lot and I'm hoping to use it um, to get clients for my private practice and also to work with brands to show them the relevance of promoting their products to people with disabilities as well. So it's this, this particular area of providing support related to food and diet and lifestyle with people with disabilities. The way that you've seen the, the problem is, is that there isn't a lot of content out there that is appealing to those, people with those concerns in particular. What is the need? What is the lacking in the sort of influencer online media? Well, I would say that there's not really any content for yeah. them. Um, especially, so there's a major gap in the market, which is kind of crazy considering that I believe one in four people in the world has some sort of disability. That's a lot of people. Yeah. It's over a billion people. Um, and they're not really being spoken to and they, you know, some of their, I guess I'll talk from the nutrition perspective, some of their nutritional needs are similar to the general population, but then some of them are very specific. And so they don't really know where to turn for that information. There is, I'm not seeing any credentialed healthcare professionals providing that information. There's even a lack of research on it when I'm doing my own research, trying to figure uh, the best interventions for different long-term conditions. There isn't much out there. What do you think the reason is that there's not a lot of attention on it. What are people hiding from or avoiding or not dealing with? I That's a good question. I would say, I think it comes down to a lack of awareness. It's not intentional. Mm. Um, it's just people don't know um, that there are people with disabilities who want to live a fun, active, healthy lifestyle. It, it doesn't even cross their minds is what I notice. You know, like even when I see people posting, um, people using images in their blog posts or their, you know, any social media post, there's not even a picture of someone in a wheelchair or with a prosthetic limb or with crutches. It just doesn't cross their mind. Right. There's just no, it's, it's just like today people, when it comes to, ethnic diversity, racial diversity, we try to be representative and we're more and more comfortable with that, even though of course there are still issues, as we all know. Yeah, lots but of it, issues. But it sounds like whatever progress we've made in the realm of diversity, the ableism, that is yet to be uh, acknowledged the same way? Yeah. It's, I guess it's not really seen as it's not really included in the talk on diversity. Okay. You know, like I see in my profession, there's um, been a lot of talk lately on, you know, uh, racial justice and cultural diversity, which I think is amazing. And we need a lot more of that within that though. I think the, t the conversation about disability um, needs to be addressed too. And it, it belongs in that 
because if you know if you want to be diverse and inclusive but you're not including people with disabilities that's not fully inclusive yeah and and clearly the the kind of content that you're producing and the work that you want to do is so that you aren't not dealing with that when you when you're posting do you have a sort of diversity of people that follow that follow you yeah a big yeah big diversity a lot that i have a lot of dietitians following me so that's an opportunity to educate them on how to be more accessible and inclusive um, in their counseling and then i have a lot of people with physical disabilities some with intellectual disabilities following me um, I did a placement in my master's with Special Olympics Ontario, working with athletes with intellectual disabilities. Mm. Um, I saw a really big gap there as well. And I just have, you know, general, the general population, I guess, also um, right. enjoying my content. And mm-hmm. when, when did you start this? I started my account about... Four four and a half years ago. Oh wow! So it's been it's yeah. been a while. But uh, yeah, it's been on and off. I'm not the best at being super consistent, but now that I'm I'm starting my own business and private practice, I plan to get uh, get more into it. So, can we talk a little bit about your own disabilities? Yeah, I I forgot to mention that. So the reason that I'm so passionate about this is because. I myself have a physical disability and I, um, it affects my left leg. My left leg is weaker. So I use a manual wheelchair to get around long distances. And then um, I can walk short distances with forearm crutches. And I've always been passionate about health um, and living an active lifestyle because I've seen such a positive, the positive effects that you know, daily exercise has had on my body and my independence and function and uh, same with nutrition. And so I want to be able to spread that to others. And when you, so in terms of the, the long history of your disability, is it something that you experienced from birth? Like you've always had the weaker, one weaker leg than the other? Yeah, I was born with this condition. It affects the veins in my left leg. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the circulation is poor. So that impacts the muscles and the bones, the strength of them. Right. And so this is, this has been your normal for forever, basically, from Mm -hmm. you can remember. And growing up, was there for you a lacking in this area of awareness of opportunities yeah, I mean, especially because I, I wasn't, social media wasn't as big as it was back then. But I, um, I mean, to this day, I've never really seen anyone who's doing kind of what, who's doing what I'm doing and spreading the messages that I'm doing. I've never, um, I've never seen myself represented in fitness. Mm. Um, you know, I've had to, mo- I do, um, I use the Peloton app to I do the spin classes with an arm bike, a tabletop arm bike that I have. And so I have to modify and adapt the workouts myself. Um, And just, you know, obviously a lot of the workouts on the app, I can't physically do them. And so just in the fitness world, I've never, ever seen people with disabilities represented, um, even in like food advertisements or, you know, so I want to be, 
um, the face of that for people with disabilities. I'm guessing you've, in, in many ways, the more you're doing this, the more you're inviting people to feel less like an outsider, to feel more mm -hmm. represented. What's it been like for you being on the inside of, of that, being underrepresented, trying to, to get yourself heard, trying to make inroads? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I find it, I mean, on the one hand, it's quite frustrating, very frustrating when, you know, I because I love working out and I love um, being active and it's frustrating to see all these like awesome, I mean, I guess before COVID, all these awesome uh, workout studios opening and or spin studios and they don't even have a single arm bike and you know just feeling that I can't be included that it's very frustrating um, but since I have been advocating I guess and I mean I haven't been I haven't been a dietitian for that long it's only been a couple months but um, I feel like it's kind of like pushing against an open door people are super receptive you know, if I reach out to uh, dietitians of Canada, our governing body, and bring up my idea, they're like totally into it and they eat it up. And I just find, yeah, it's not that hard to get people to agree to <laughs> doing things. Because <laughs> right. it's, so, you know, because people see the need for it. It's so unique. It's so niche. No one is doing it. And it's also like, cool to say that you're accessible and inclusive you know so people want to talk about it right. they just haven't thought of it and when i bring it to their attention they're very receptive yeah like i haven't thought about it mm -hmm. and and you know obviously my wife works a lot with especially with younger people um in augmented communication and all sorts of accessibility issues and she talks about things they never think about like mm -hmm. this place is accessible this place is not accessible and you just things that we that I don't think enough about. Mm -hmm. And certainly my experience with being at KCC, Kayla's Children's Center, connecting with the kids, having, just deepening my awareness has been very eye-opening. And, mm -hmm. um, but I have not thought about it in the way that you're talking about it right now. And I just, I, I've never seen anything like that. I, I'm guessing this is like the, like an, the next kind of wave of sort of like you mentioned like popular kind of um trendy stuff going on in our in our society i hope i hope it's the next wave yeah one of my dream jobs would be to consult for peloton on how to make their programs more accessible and right. inclusive right that'd be awesome yeah so what's the most meaningful part of of the work that you've been doing um it's a bit hard to answer because I haven't been doing it for so long and I haven't, haven't launched my private practice yet, but I have gotten some really, uh, really uh, meaningful messages from people. Um, uh, okay. For example, when I was doing my placement with Special Olympics Ontario a year ago, I gave a bunch of workshops for the athletes on different nutrition topics and I got an email from one of the mothers of an athlete and she said uh, my daughter brought home your uh, the handouts that you created and she's sharing them with everyone in our family and now she wants her own coach and she's started get, becoming interested in cooking and she learned so much from your presentations and was so excited and happy after them 
And so, and I got a few messages like that, which was really rewarding. Yeah. So it's starting to, you're starting to see in, in small ways, how you're able to impact people. And hopefully these kind of platforms, these kind of Instagram pages, studios opening up, all sorts of things will, will start to grow. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly how to ask this, but you know, what I'm wondering is like, what's your overall outlook and attitude towards life? Like how has that impacted you, your disability in terms of how you see things, how you see your body, what you take for granted, mm -hmm. what you don't take for granted? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I would say that, um, I mean, for anyone, it's a conscious effort to really focus on what you're grateful for. And there's still so many things that I am grateful for and that I can be grateful for. And, you know, even someone who is, I don't know, on their deathbed can still also have things to be grateful for. You know, it's not like, oh, my, it's, my life is so terrible that I, I can't walk unaided. Like, I don't think of it that way at all. I, to me, it's really not a big deal. Like, I see myself as normal. I know I'm normal. So I, you know, the fact that I just use a wheelchair to help me get around it, it's really not a big deal to me. Like I'm fully independent. Um, right. You know, it's not a confinement. And if anything, it's uh, a freedom because it helps me get around. If I didn't have it, I'd be stuck in my house. So it helps me go out and do the things that I want to do to live my life. Like I, I don't, you know, and some people, you know, it's, um, a lot of people with disabilities, they don't like being, I mean, you didn't say this, but they don't like being called inspiring, you know, especially for just going to the grocery <laughs> store. Like that's I'm not. I'm so proud of you. That <laughs> yeah, sounds very patronizing. That's not inspiring. You know, I've had people <laughs> tell me I'm inspiring for becoming a dietitian despite my disability. Like I don't, yeah. I don't see that as inspiring. <laughs> you know, it, in, inspiration is doing something that is actually you know admirable yeah um and makes an impact not like going to school and going to the grocery store right so it's uh, almost like you it, know. It would, their expectations would be so low for you that mm -hmm. and and that's another thing that's just a, a bias mm -hmm. that's a bias yeah, it's ableism oh just thinking about like that if someone <laughs> But again, people just don't even know how to have those. It's hard for people to have those conversations. Um, yeah, exactly. They don't know. And, and maybe they would pity. Like, I'm sure I've had people say, oh, I feel so bad for you. You're in a wheelchair. Oh, you're so young. Like, mm. <laughs> that's not something to pity. I don't see it as something to pity. I, most days I don't even think, I don't even think about it. Like, the only reason right. I guess I think about it a lot is because it's in my work and it's part of my job that I'm working with. Uh, this population and raising awareness but otherwise like in myself I don't really think about it I just go about my day to day it's it's not right you're living your life yeah how do you react when people say or do things that are either just like totally insensitive patronizing like how, what's your internal mechanism for dealing with that mm -hmm. well thankfully it doesn't happen super often like I can't even think of hmm how I've handled these in the past. Like either if it's someone on the street, then I just ignore them and just think like, oh, they're probably feeling bad about their lives. And so they want to pity me. Mm. You know, I don't take it personally. Um, if it's, you know, maybe another, a lot of times I do, I will speak up. 
and I will say why, why their actions were harmful. Um, so I do often speak up actually. Um, maybe I'm sure people email. appreciate that by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I have an example. A few, two weeks ago, I had someone DM me on Instagram saying that she was doing a school project for her master's and she had to interview someone with a disability and she asked if she could interview me. She didn't know me. I had no idea who this person was. She lived in the States. Like, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. There's a lot of people in your city who have disabilities that I'm sure you can interview. It's not appropriate to ask someone that, yeah. a stranger on the internet that. Yeah. And then she was like, I'm sorry. Like, um, she's like, and it was uncomfortable for me to ask too, but I don't know anyone. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But I said, no. So you speak your mind, like mm -hmm. is the truth. Please friends check out Jackie's page and see what's going on Deepen your understanding. And I really, really, really hope that there are more and more content coming out there, uh, more and more accessibility when it comes to working out fitness health, diet, dieting, all the stuff that you're doing. I, I really hope that there's big breakthroughs just through your presence um, in this space. Thank so thanks mm -hmm. for sharing some of that. And let's talk about change talk. So what, what is it that you want to change? And before we move on to the change talk, have you lost track of the hours you lose browsing and scrolling? Most of us have a hard time answering that question truthfully. Our suggestion Utilize technology to help conquer technology. Focus Me is the productivity app that forces you to focus. The fully customizable tool blocks digital temptations, giving you countless hours of your life back by blocking selected keyword searches, desktop apps, and websites. The best part about it? It is unbeatable, uncheatable, unworkaroundable. I personally have been using it successfully for almost two years now. To join me, Go to focusme.com slash change talk for a 20% discount off your first payment. And if you are a student, go to focusme.com slash request dash educational dash discount to request an additional 30% off your first purchase. And now on to the change talk. Yeah. So as I'd mentioned earlier, I'm just starting uh, my business and then I'm just launching my career and I find that it's very easy to just compare myself to other entrepreneurs and other dietitians or bloggers people you know um, with online health businesses and especially on Instagram it's all a highlight reel people are posting the best part of their lives and I it's so yeah get I definitely get caught in the comparison trap of seeing other people boasting about their accomplishments or, you know, having so much fun, doing amazing things, always being happy. And I compare myself to them and think, oh, I'm, you know, who, who am I to start a business or I'm doing, I'm way behind them. Um, I won't be as successful as them. Uh, different uh, comments like that. Yeah. Lots of inner dialogues. So you go on Instagram and you see everything going on. Mm -hmm. So much success, so much um, show, so much um, just everything is 
looks great. Everything is, you know, and you're looking at where you're at and you're starting out and it's, it's causing you to have a lot of self-critical thoughts about your, about yourself, where you're at, that you're not going to get anywhere uh, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So you're on online a lot because you are producing content, but when you're not producing content, how do you spend your time online on Instagram? Um, well, I like scrolling through other people's <laughs> content. I like watching other people's uh, videos and reels and reading stories and reading their posts. I try not to spend too much time each day on it. Right. I am, yeah, I'm working on my own business, but right. yeah, I definitely do get sucked into it. So you're on, you're not producing content, you're scrolling and you're checking all the materials out. And um, when that's going on, give me, just sort of give me an example of a sequence that's going on for you where you just get to super compare mode. Okay. So I'll, um, sometimes I'll go and I'll see other, um, other dietitians who have accounts and have their own private practices and their own businesses and I'll see oh my gosh they just created an amazing video and or reel and they're getting so many new clients and they seem so confident and they seem so successful and they have so many followers so many more followers than me right <laughs> this whole vicious cycle yeah. And, and then that leaves you feeling bad about yourself in some, mm -hmm. in some way. This is the most, and again, this is spelling out what it, again, not to get black and white with our understanding, but one of the difficulties with social media is this phenomenon. This is mm -hmm. a, this is a phenomenon. We know people talk about it all the time. This is a live example that Jackie's talking about. Jackie's sitting at home, living her life, minding her business, gets online. All of a sudden, it's like watching an ad. There's a perfect, there's a person on the other side who's way further along than where, where you are. And um, it's not inspiring. It makes you feel inadequate or uh, mm -hmm. not, not good, good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what happens after that? You just go to the next thing, you look at the next thing, or do you like turn it off, be like, oh, this sucks? I think then I'll turn it off and I'll just feel like, oh my gosh, I need a detox from Instagram again. Yeah. And I, I do that often. I'll just delete my account for a couple of weeks and just not look. I'll delete the app from my phone and not look at it. But then, yeah, I shut it off and then I remind myself. I've only started my business like six weeks ago. <laughs> it's not, you know, it wouldn't, I'm not expected to have, you know, a, a full-time thriving business in just six weeks and <laughs> that I've accomplished a lot in the short time that it's been. And I just kind of go back to my work. And so I guess it's about grounding myself. Until next time. Yeah. And then it kind of starts yeah. over again. Yeah. Yeah. So. How much, because I know, well, I don't know, but I know, I think I know that if you are producing content on Instagram, it's also important to be consuming some content as part of that. Is that mm -hmm. even a thing? Like, 
Should um, you be involved commenting on other people's things, liking things so that it gets you more exposure? Is that part of the job description almost online? Well, yeah, I try to engage with other people who are in my niche. So people with disabilities. And so I message, I message people a lot and, um, you know, and get them, I guess it helps to get them interested in my business and in um, um, following along, I guess, and can, you know, maybe eventually, I mean, I will be able to get private practice clients from it, but you have to engage. So yeah, that is a big part. Right. And, and, and how much of the engagement is that you need to scroll is what I'm wondering. So you are, you need to be involved and known. And, and, and so when you're scrolling, how much of the scrolling is necessary for you to, to build your brand? Hmm. Not very much, I think. <laughs> Not very much. Yeah, no, because I can just go to accounts that I like of people in my niche and, and comment on theirs if I, if right. I want to. I don't have to be scrolling to find it. Right. So scrolling, just to clarify, so we all understand scrolling, the way that you have been scrolling, which leads to a lot of this sort of comparison, self-doubt, um, everything is better than what I'm doing kind of thing. That's mostly for the type of con consuming on Instagram that you don't actually need to do for your brand. Yeah, exactly. It's not even from people who are in my niche. It's from, you know, Just colleagues. The big, wide world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Other right. entrepreneurs. Right. So that's just important to clarify because mm -hmm. for some people there's, that's more messy, but for you, you don't even need to do a lot of this, which is great. So, yeah. And they're not even doing anything close to what I'm doing right. with their own niches, you know? Right. So essentially that's the first thing just to establish now that that is established. So this kind of scrolling that you're doing and now this has to do two things. One has to do with the, act of scrolling itself, which a lot of people use to just an easy distraction for people, but there's also what you're scrolling and what you're looking at. Why do you think you continue to do it? What do you think is so appealing about this kind of scrolling that you do? Well, I mean, it is kind of, in some ways it is a bit fun, especially watching people's stories. You know, you see the delicious food that they're eating and the fun things that they're doing and the products that they're using. And it's a bit, um, it's a bit fun. It's a, sometimes a nice distraction, especially with everything going on in the world, how stressful it is. It's sometimes nice to see some light, yeah, uh, light things. So it's fun. It's a, it's a, it's light. It's less distracting than so much. Sorry. It's less heavy than so much of what's going on. It's just an opportunity to enter into a little bit of a more lighthearted reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And fun and low stakes and, you know, what, what, what's my sister making for d dinner tonight or for lunch tomorrow? And I mean, I don't, I don't fall, I, I'm, I don't have it. I have an Instagram through the change talk, but it's a neat, it's just a, it's a distraction. It's like a reality show kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I know that it's, it's designed to make you addicted. It's designed right. to make you keep scrolling Sure. Um, it's designed to make you unhappy. Like I think I saw or read somewhere that it's one, the social media apps are the ones that 
cause the most, the least amount of happiness. And then mm. the meditation apps, one of the meditation apps was rated the number one app that makes people happy. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So I know it is. So that's also something important that I remind myself that it is designed to make you feel inadequate and miserable. What the, the, the mechanism of why, so there's a few sort of factors that go into why they become addictive. Number one is the concept in behavioral in behaviorism of intermittent reinforcement, positive intermittent reinforcement. So basically they did studies long time ago, I think in the sixties where they noticed what got the, so they did like these sort of pigeons were given food through a cage and they were like kind of measuring what would get them to come back. So if they gave them a reward of some kind and they would come back, if they give them the punishment, they would go away. It's a whole kind of thing about reward and punishment and it's a behaviorism principle. But what they noticed is that when there was a inconsistent reward, an unknown reward, meaning sometimes when they pressed a button, the pigeon, the food would come, but sometimes it wouldn't. And then sometimes a hundred pieces would come and sometimes three, sometimes zero, all doing the same action. It made them more hooked. They press more and more and more and more and more because there's something about this rush, this desire. Are you going to win? Are you going to get it? And you don't know. And the whole mechanism of the social media apps are designed in that way. So every time you post something, there's no guarantee of a reward. The reward might be that a hundred people like it, or if, if you're a big thing, a thousand people, but maybe only two people, or maybe nobody, or maybe everybody, and it's unknown. And so you are uncertain and uneasy. That is what in the behavioral principles is the most difficult, like intermittent positive reinforcement is what gets you hooked. So the unknown reward of the post, of the notification, of whatever it is, and what it could be, what it could mean, it's the exact principles that develop the slot machine. The slot machine is very unpredictable. Sometimes you can win big, sometimes you can win nothing. That's what gets people to come back. And the mechanism of scrolling down, pressing down and pressing the refresh button is the exact same thing that they do on slot machines. When you press down and you wait in, what are you going to get? What's coming? What's the reward? And so we are, it is a battle and work with the students that I do. We talk about screen time reduction because it is a battle. That's one reason why it's particularly difficult. Another is just, it's an easy distraction, emotional. Uh, we get to distract ourselves from our emotions. Um, mm -hmm. We need social approval. That's a big one. All mm -hmm. these things come to mind. Um, so getting back to the, what it is, what it does for you, it's a distraction. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's, it's can be joyful. Mm -hmm. Anything else that comes up that uh, makes it so enticing that you keep doing it? I mean, the only other thing I can think of is some meal inspiration, recipe ideas. Right. So there's a chance you might come across content that really helps. It was really inspiring and not, jealousy inducing mm -hmm. do you ever scroll just because you don't want to think about other things or you get stressed about or anxious about something and you don't want to deal with it so you just kind of start scrolling to uh distract or is that not something that you do yeah yeah sure especially right now i'm studying for my board exam and it's pretty boring so when i don't want to study i'll just check, take a break and check instagram it's very easy to get distracted that way um so the scrolling yeah mm -hmm. right so it's a it's yeah, a it's, it represents a break from boringness mm 
mm-hmm. and you don't have to deal with boredom. You don't have to deal with the uh, uncomfortability of being bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Even when I'm just waiting, maybe at a doctor's office or waiting for someone to call me back, it's so easy to just pick up your phone and start scrolling. Yeah. What do you think would happen if you didn't? What do you think would happen to you? Um, I, th- I think it would be nice. It would be, I mean, I think I would get a little bit restless, maybe a little bit fidgety, but then I, it would be a good way to be more mindful of the moment and just take some deep breaths and let your brain breathe. Right. Cause you're getting constant input from other sources. So it sounds like, um, it serves its purpose for you yeah and for many people for many people yeah the scrolling the scrolling the distraction the avoidance the playfulness the break from all of whatever else is going on yeah um, definitely not alone in this no no so talk to me about the dark side of it i mean it's so easy well first of all it takes up time and i could be doing more important things offline and it reads negativity self-doubt comparison FOMO um yeah it's so easy to just scroll and just see someone who's so successful and crushing it and then it's so easy to just start comparing yourself to them right negativity self-doubt all all these all these things um, yeah. Taking away from the ability for you to do more quality things with your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, feeling uh, inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. On average, I mean, it's, it's kind of just standard, like hour, hour and a half for a lot of people is just like scrolling time. <laughs> it's just standard. <laughs> people don't realize how long that is. Yeah. Um, it's a long time. And it's, <laughs> for some people it's even longer. And again, if people, that's what they want to do, then they do it. Nope. No, there's no, we're not getting into um, like sort of an objective measure. It's more about if that's what they want to be doing. And I think if people are honest, a lot of times they're feeling like what you're feeling, they're mm-hmm. feeling out of control. They don't have as much control over their time management takes away from quality work. Um, it generates a lot of negative self talk, self images. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're never doing enough. And you're not good enough. Because there's so much more out there that's better than what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And people are doing more than you and pumping out more content than you, more blog posts, you know, more followers, more business, more money. (laughs) So you name it. Mm -hmm. But maybe sometimes that kind of motivates you to like do more random like sometimes is when you see that people are doing better you're like oh i want to do that um yeah but also i i want to go at my own pace so i have to remind myself that i need to do that and compare myself to how i you know maybe how i was a month ago and how much i accomplished then and just go at my own pace and do my own thing um, totally and remind myself that i am doing enough so you've thought about some reasons why you do want, why you want to change that. Um, yeah. yeah. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. So that mm-hmm. is something you do tons when you scroll. Um, 
and you consume yeah. uh, is constant comparing yourself to, to who others are today. Um, and that's a lot of energy and it, and it could sort of throw you off keel. Um, mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So you, you want to change that. Yeah, I do. So what do you want to do about that? Um, I want to reduce the amount of time that I compare myself to other people on social media. Right. So part of that is out of your control, meaning you have automatic thoughts that come up, but part of it is what you expose yourself to. And mm -hmm. I'm not, never, I don't advocate to avoid for the most part, but it's like, do you want to not spend as much time scrolling so that you're not putting yourself in a position to be in that state more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be good. I have also unfollowed some accounts that were triggering to me. Yeah. Um, or muted them. And that has been helpful. Um, right. But yeah, I would definitely like to reduce the amount of time that I spend scrolling. Right. So how do you think you're going to do that? Um, well, I've already set, I set a limit a screen time limit on my phone yeah um so then it shuts down after a certain amount of time but then i know my password so sometimes i'll enter my password and <laughs> still get on or i could still open it up on my computer i don't have screen time on my computer so it it works to some to a certain extent to a certain extent mm -hmm. very limited extent but it is a mm -hmm. reminder so the first thing that comes to mind for me, um, do you, are you open to any, to any thoughts I have or suggestions I have about this? Yes, please. This is sort of my thing. Um, first of all, if you really care about limiting your screen time on your phone, give someone else the passcode. Set the, set the rules up before. Someone that can unlock it when you, you need it. But if you really want to, that's the only way it's going to work. For, yeah. most, for most people. So you give someone else your screen time passcode, set the limits, then it's really inconvenient to have to ask someone. You'll ask them if you need it, but for the most part, you won't need it and you'll be happy you didn't do it. Um, so that's, that's my phone trick. Um, okay. We are big fans of Focus Me. Check that out for the computer. There's ways to, I wish I could do tutorial live here, but I can't. But there are ways to block keywords, applications, um, key, just keywords, not websites, on, on timers, certain amount per day, launch limits. There's a whole world of screen time management through the uh, app called Focus Me, um, which is unbelievable for, for laptops. Um, the best I've seen. Can't, indestructible. You can't exit it. Can't delete it. I highly recommend checking out Focus Me. Um, and it's free? It is. So I believe that there is a trial. I believe also you can get a pretty decent price monthly uh, subscription. But to me, it's a business expense. I bought it. It's like I bought it for life, like not monthly. So I think mm -hmm. I paid like a hundred something dollars for, to have it forever with unlimited updates. Oh, but it okay. is, it, it's like paying, it's like paying somebody to do the work of discipline time management. It's like a one-time fee to have this robot upgrade my abilities because I know that this computer is going to be more powerful and distracting than I can do naturally for the most part, even though I believe in myself. 
it's like hiring a, a perfect robot to do your commands of not spending more than a certain amount of minutes on an app or on a website. Um, this company is amazing. Um, I'm a big fan. I do it with my st students in high school, university, and older. I've never seen anything out there that's like this. So if you're really okay. serious about screen time reduction, at least start with giving out that password to somebody. Do you think that's something you would do? Yeah, I have actually asked my sister if she would um, create a password for me, and she said she would. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Okay, so that's an easy, so forget about anything else. That is an easy change talk. Mm -hmm. um, that is an easy first step. Set your limits, not whatever they are for you, whatever they want you want them to be, but have your sister have the passcode so that you follow through with what you really care about doing and not rely on your momentary um, discipline uh, abilities or lack of for all of us. Mm -hmm. So you think you'll do it? Yes, I will. Okay, cool. So I hope that that was helpful for you in the sense of, look, so much amazing technology out there to help us with our screen time needs and totally great thing to take advantage of. Thank you so much also for sharing what you're up to at Accessible Wellness. Um, I hope nothing but continued success. And thank you for talking about an issue that you are thinking about making better because I think that this issue is something that a lot of people are thinking about. Mm -hmm. And the hope is always that your change talk can in some small way inspire other people's. I hope so, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to follow us on social media to keep updated on all our content. We are at Change Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Change Talk Pod on Twitter. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change.